The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Good morning. I'm Rashad Salamat. And I'm Doug Krisner. Here are the stories we're following today. It is all about uh, what used to be called Arm Holdings. Now, this is SoftBank's Semiconductor Designing Unit. It's a file for what is set to be this year's biggest IPO in the United States. Let's get details now from Bloomberg's Joanne Wong. The company plans to start its roadshow the first week of September and price the IPO the following week. Arm is seeking to be valued in the listing at $60 billion to $70 billion. The offering is being led by Barclays, Goldman Sachs, J.P. Morgan Chase and Mizuho. But there's no sign of Morgan Stanley in Arm's draft IPO filing. That's a rare event for a bank that's often a lead advisor on landmark technology IPOs. A successful debut by Arm would provide a welcome relief for SoftBank after after its vision fund lost a record $30 billion last year. I'm Joanne Wong, Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. Well, after the bell in the U.S., Zoom Video Communications raised its forecast for both profit and sales for the full year. The story from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. It is a positive sign for the software maker's plan to expand products beyond its namesake video conferencing software. Investors have been concerned about the stagnation of Zoom's once explosive sales as the company is challenged by major rivals such as Microsoft for its central product. Zoom's plan to resuscitate growth hinges on expanding its tools for large businesses such as phone platforms, customer service systems, calendar applications, and chat features fueled by advancements in artificial intelligence. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. Right. Well, certainly, let's have a look now at uh, what was going on at Goldman Sachs. Uh, reportedly to went, uh, wanting to get out the personal financial management business. The reasons behind it all explained now by Bloomberg's Srita Natarajan. Goldman Sachs is exploring a sale of an investment advisory business that it just bought four years ago, which is another Solomon deal, another deal that was struck under its CEO, David Solomon, that is being undone. That is the great chase of the mass market that Goldman had plotted a while back. It's completely being unwound now, and this is another sign of that. That was Bloomberg's Sridha Nadarajan saying that Goldman Sachs is in advanced discussions with potential buyers. We are hearing that Citigroup CEO Jane Fraser is weighing an executive reshuffle. This follows the exit of the bank's longtime deputy, Paco Ibarra. Fraser is looking to simplify the company's businesses and organizational structure. Here is Bloomberg's Shanali Basik. Remember, Paco Ibarra is on his way out. So what does this do? This elevates the business leaders themselves, as well as gives Jane Fraser, the CEO, more oversight potentially into those different businesses as they lose a pivotal leader of more than three decades. Now, in an effort to simplify operations, Citigroup will officially scrap two of its core operating units. Those include the Institutional Clients Group and the Personal Banking and Wealth Management Division. Rashad. 
All right. Well, let's get back to China. And uh, the country is said to be considering ramping up support for local government financing vehicles, or LGFVs. And this is really down to the amount of debt that they're carrying and all the worries about them being unable to pay that back. Boniao has more. China may set up an emergency liquidity tool to provide low-cost funds for longer maturities to LGFVs. That's according to Chinese media outlet Taishin. If approved, the move would provide cash-strapped LGFVs access to funds to improve their cash flow and avoid short-term liquidity stress. There are no official figures for the size of LGFE debt, but the International Monetary Fund estimates it was $7.8 trillion last year. In Hong Kong, I'm Bonnie Al Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. We were talking earlier about the rough ride for U.S. Treasuries, the sell-off in the bond market forcing 10-year yields to a near 16-year high. We've got a 10-year last quoted in New York at 4.33. Essentially, the market is bracing for the risk that interest rates will remain elevated. We've heard the refrain, higher for longer. The Fed will have its annual gathering, the symposium in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, at the end of the week. Traders are expecting a hawkish tone from Fed Chair Jay Powell. He's set to speak on Friday. Here's Claudia Strom, founding member of Strom Consulting. This is not going to be talked about because it's they're they're going to hold to 2%. And frankly, I will think they will hold it to the very end. Claudia Strom talking about the Fed sticking to its inflation target of 2%. Now, despite the movement in Treasury yields today, the swaps market is still pricing in the fact that the Fed is likely done with its rate hike strategy and potentially could begin ending or rather cutting next year. And before we get to global news, let's just pass along that Charles Schwab will be cutting jobs and closing or downsizing some of its corporate offices. The associated costs are expected to be between $400 million and $500 million. We had shares in Charles Schwab today down just two-tenths of 1%. It's uh, time now for a look at global news. The bail for Donald Trump in the Georgia election interference trial has been set. Let's get to Ed Baxter for a look at global news. Eddie. Yes, and it is $200,000, Doug, a consent agreement. Uh, Trump, through his attorney, also agreeing to make no direct or indirect threats of any nature against any victim of alleged scheme, including in social media posts. This agreement reached before his surrender later this week. Meanwhile, Trump is saying again he will not participate in the first debate or maybe any of the others for the GOP. Bloomberg's Nancy Lyons says this doesn't surprise some political scene watchers. The former president has definitively said he will not take part. He cites his wide lead in the latest survey of likely GOP voters. The decision does not surprise Charlie Cook of the Cook Report. Former President Trump should have his head examined if he did go in the debate. He's got everything to lose, nothing to gain from it. As for the eventual nominees for the presidential race, Cook tells Bloomberg Sound On the only obstacle he sees preventing it from being a Biden-Trump face-off would be health-related issues. In Washington, Nancy Lyons, Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. All right, Nancy, thank you. Uh, Japan will begin a contingents plan to uh, discharge wastewater from the Fukushima nuclear disaster site as soon as this week. NHK reports Prime Minister Fumio Kishida will meet with his cabinet at 10 a.m. local this morning. Remnants of Tropical Storm Hillary still pummeling areas outside of the major Southern California cities, flights being disrupted, and record amounts of rain being recorded. Major cities, I say, feeling they really dodged a major bullet. ABC News, Tim Pilliam on Bloomberg saying that there's some blue sky showing. We care about our firefighters first and our community as well. And um, if they can go to work in a healthy way, 
then um, it's difficult for them to surf. Uh, this is Tim. Right now, we are seeing conditions improve greatly, and that is very good news. But Hillary brought record-breaking rainfall to Southern California. Some parts saw up to a year's worth of rain in just one day. Yeah, but in Palm Springs. Yeah, that's the flood water. Still waiting for water to recede and then to assess damage. The storm is moving up through Las Vegas. U.S. President Joe Biden has arrived on Maui as FEMA chief Deanna Criswell has already said today that efforts to find survivors temporary shelter has gone very well. There are 16 people that remain in shelters and we have close to 2,000 people that we have already moved into hotel rooms. Meanwhile, in his first national interview since the burning of Lahaina Town on Maui, Fire Chief Brad Ventura says the fires have been devastating for the island's firefighters. Firefighters are, are hurting. Um, this is their community. This is their home. These are their people. Um, nobody in our department is unaffected by this. Yeah, he says uh, 15 firefighters did lose their homes. Global News, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in over 120 countries. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, and this is Bloomberg. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Hi, I'm Ron Krzyzewski, Chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial Advisors, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing, entrepreneurial, advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. Imagine having the resources of the largest wirehouses and the support of the boutique shops, but none of the bureaucracy to get in the way of you serving your clients. At Stiefel, it's your business, your book, your clients. I always tell the advisors we're recruiting, I want you to come to Stiefel and double or triple your business. Most of them laugh and shake their heads, but I'm serious. Don't take it from me. Take it from Stiefel's number one finish in J.D. Power's 2023 U.S. Financial Advisor Satisfaction Study. So, there's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. Let's get to Lori Heinel, our guest. Lori is the global CIO at State Street Global Advisors. She joins us from Boston, Massachusetts. It's always a pleasure, Lori. Thanks for joining us. Uh, talk to me a little bit about what you're seeing in the bond market today. Elevated yields, yeah. Some of this may be tied to the notion that we're maybe on the verge of a soft landing and that rates will be higher for longer. Are you expecting the economy to kind of weaken to the point where we can be talking about Fed rate cuts next year? Well, we actually are thinking that we're going to be talking a lot more about Fed rate cuts next year. Obviously, all eyes right now are going to be on what the Fed and Chairman Powell are going to say at Jackson Hole. Uh, We believe that they will remain diligent about inflation and keep that next rate hike on the table. We actually think that the Fed has done enough already, and we're seeing lots of signs of weakening both in the economy, but also more sustainably lower inflation rates. Uh, but ultimately here, Laurie, I mean, surely they're going to not be cutting rates back to, you know, what we've had in the post-GFC uh, era, because they will need to have um, perhaps to deal with structural changes, which may mean that uh, inflation is structurally higher for longer. 
Well, we think that there's a case to be made that inflation's slightly higher than uh, it would have been sort of pre the COVID era, but certainly not something that justifies rates with a five handle. Uh, We actually think growth in the U.S. next year is going to be sub 1%, and there's a risk that we have a recession next year. We also look at uh, more near-term inflationary data, and you're seeing the rolling three-month come in at around a three handle. So we actually think that the Fed may be cutting pretty dramatically going into next as much as 200 basis points. Mm, I haven't heard that before. We have a, a two-year treasure right now yielding uh, 5%. Maybe we can pivot away from the macro a little bit and talk some of uh, what's been happening in the equity market today. Big rally in NVIDIA. Now, this company will report re- results on Wednesday. It's certainly become a bit of a proxy for the uh, trade in artificial intelligence. Despite higher bond yields today, there was no holding back NVIDIA. Are you a buyer of this? the theme of AI? Well, we're more a buyer of growth and quality growth, especially if we're right about our core call, which is that U.S. Um, you know growth is going to slow pretty dramatically, and that's against a, a backdrop where global growth is likely to slow pretty dramatically. Once again, investors are going to be looking for those pockets that have some tailwinds. And so we do think that large cap U.S., particularly technology services, some of those areas uh, are poised to do better. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, uh, when we see the, the large cap universe, I mean, and we've just seen, uh, you know, up till of late, um, um, in the last sort of t- couple of months, the Dow outperforming, which means there's a sectoral rotation. What is that rotation? And is it f- because of a fear of perhaps there being a slowdown and perhaps um, going to companies which are more defensive? I think one of the things that's been so remarkable about the last couple of months is that the U.S. economy has proven much more resilient than many had feared. And so we are seeing a broadening out of that rally. So the short-term outperformance is one thing, but if you look at the longer-term uh, kind of durable rally of some of these large-cap tech names, they've really dominated if you look over you know, 12, 18-month period. Um, so it is a broadening of the U.S. market, continued um, in- enthusiasm for the fact that you know we, we do have uh, robust growth here still. Uh, third quarter will probably come in stronger than what many had anticipated and relatively strong consumer. So against that backdrop, it's not surprised, not surprising to see the market broaden out a bit. It is a different story. I think we can agree in China. Goldman Sachs uh, recently cutting its target on Chinese equities. A lot of concern here uh, of what's happening with the property market. And uh, Goldman is of the view that until Beijing introduces more forceful policy measures, uh, property prices, and equities will likely continue to slump. Uh, And I'm wondering how you're viewing the China story right now. Well, we have been uh, pretty negative on China for quite a while now. Um, We didn't think that the post-COVID bounce was going to be nearly as robust as what many had believed. And as we're seeing, there are still overhangs from property market. And we think, unfortunately, this is going to be a long-duration kind of workout situation. We don't think it's going to be a typical Western crisis where things kind of fall out of the bottom. You take your medicine and then you kind of move on. We think that they're going to try to navigate some sort of a, uh, you know, a management of that that crisis, but it's probably going to impact their growth story over the next couple of years. Laurie, it's interesting you say that, saying that you didn't quite buy into the bounce uh, after the COVID, uh, uh, restri- after COVID restrictions were lifted. Why didn't you believe in that in that bounce? lasting for a long time? And secondly, how does that inform you now of that view that you just shared with us? 
Well, I, I think first and foremost, there wasn't as much sort of pent-up demand or pent-up ca uh, capacity, if you will, as you had in other geographies where you had actually a fair amount of um, fiscal stimulus, which was actually supportive of consumer behaviors. You also still had a, you know, a number of disruptions from a geopolitical standpoint, uh, concerns about the property market, which had been weighing on the region for quite some time. And oh, by the way, I guess a backdrop where other parts of the world were slowing from their uh, post-COVID COVID rebounds and not as much take up of the capacity that might be available coming out of China. So is there a global market, let's put the U.S. aside, that you're interested in? Uh, can I tempt you to take a position in <laughs> Japanese equities, for example? So we keep trying to get excited about Asia more generally. We tend not to do it on a country by country basis. So while, yes, Japan has been a very good performing market here, and we certainly like some of the names there and I would, and are overweight in our global portfolios where we have uh, active management at play, uh, it's not really where we've gotten to um, you know, Asia more generally. We do like Europe, though. We think uh, that the European story may be a bit uh, underappreciated and, you know, certainly as long as the war um, you know, moves on there. There's a little bit of a lack of enthusiasm, but we do like Europe. Laurie, thank you so much for taking time to chat with us. Laurie Heinel, the global CIO at State Street Global Advisors, joining us here on DBA. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia, your morning brief on the stories making news from Hong Kong to Singapore and Wall Street. Look for us on your podcast feed every day on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each day on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Doug Krisner. And I'm Rashad Salamat. Join us again tomorrow for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.